podcast for the fans of the TV show Scarecrow Mrs. King. I'm Jen Peterson, and I'm joined by friends Lexi Fema, Taya Johnston, and Miranda Thomas. And today we're talking about Tale of the Dancing Weasel. So this episode, as Jen said, Tale of the Dancing Weasel, was first aired on October the 14th, 1985. It was uh, directed by Virgil Vogel. And the writer was George Geiger. Lots of alliteration in the production. <laughs> yeah. This episode was actually intended to be the first one of season three. It wasn't filmed until fifth, and it was actually shown on television as the fourth episode of season three. And the guest stars in this one, there are many, and they are well known. At least they were well known to me. <laughs> Let's start with, with the most obvious. Harry B. Thornton, who is played by Howard Duff. Howard has been in a, a ton of things. He was, a little bit about him, he was born in 1913 in Washington. One of the movies that he was in that most sticks out to me was Kramer vs. Kramer. Really, if you haven't seen that, really good. TV shows that he was in, he was in an episode of Charlie's Angels. Harrigan's Angels. He was in the Lou Grant show, if anybody knows what that is. Police Story, Fantasy Island. He was in Knott's Landing, but his career spanned from 1940s all the way to when, um, just before he passed away in the 1990s. I think he died in 1990, and he actually was in several shows up until the time he passed away. Next, I have... Henry. Henry McConnell, Frank Bonner, who for me will always be WKRP in Cincinnati. If you haven't seen that show, I suggest you do it. He played Herb. He was also in Saved by the Bell, the new class. Yes, yes he was. Just a Ten of Us, Night Court. He was in The Love Boat as a guest star. He's actually from Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, one of the little bits of trivia, because like I said, he was and like he means WKRP in Cincinnati to me. He had Razorback, Arkansas Razorbacks mug on his desk in that show the entire time he was on it. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. We'll do James Cromwell, who played Gregory. He was in The Green Mile, which is one of my favorite all-time movies. He was also in the television show Murder in the First, which was only on for a season, but I loved it. Um, <laughs> he was in the first season of American Horror Story. He was also Philip Bauer in a 24. That was, I believe, season six, I think. He was in um, an episode of The West Wing where he played the president. He played the president. And then he was also in ER for a few, I don't think he was on for a full season. It may have been just half a season, but he's been in a ton of stuff. He is um, actually from Los Angeles, and he studied at Carnegie Mellon, which I thought was cool. Let's do Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon played the security guard, um, Lester X, S6. If you're unfamiliar with Kevin Nealon, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. He's in a ton of comedies, and his, his start was in Saturday Night Live. We want to um, pump you up. <laughs> Oh my God, he's hilarious on there. He he is absolutely a riot on that show. 
I haven't seen that. I'll have to check that out. Weeds. Oh you would love Weeds. Really? Yeah. Is it a new show? No, or? it's oh. dark and it's really good. Oh, okay. Uh, That's good. Weeds was on it's about 2005. Drugs so and stuff. It's really good. Hmm. I think 2005 is when it started. But yes, he, it's it's absolutely hilarious and I totally recommend it. Um, He was also in uh, Still Standing. He was in the um, television show Till Death. He was in um, Hot in Cleveland for a few episodes. Which is Betty White. That's a really funny show. Uh, and then most recently, the series he was on um, was Man with Plan, which was Joey. What's his name? Matt LeBlanc from Friends was the main character in that. And he was really funny on that, too. So then we have, I'm saving the two best ones for last. Um, I'm curious but, to see who you think the best two are. <laughs> well, the most memorable for oh. SMK fans. Okay. The uh, next one I have is um, Art Hindle, who played Larry Crawford. He was, <laughs> this is really bad. The thing that I remember him most in is Porky's. He oh. had in Porky's. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's okay. a raunchy, like, it, it uh, Revenge raunchy of the Nerds type, type um, Animal House, that oh, kind yeah, of genre. Gotcha. Animal House-esque, but... I just remember remember seeing it on the TV. My dad and brother, between the two of them, I must have seen bits and pieces of Porky's all my life. <laughs> so, but he was also, um, he's been in a ton of stuff. His career started in the early 70s as bit parts all the way to when he uh, was on Dallas. He had a recurring role on Dallas. Okay, I have to say, he and Kate were in a movie together. And they were married, oh. and it's one of my go-tos when I'm not feeling well, like when I'm homesick. Really? Um, yeah, Silence of Adultery. Yeah, I yep. about it too. Mm-hmm. And then David Benson, the guy who played David Benson in season one mm-hmm. in The Mole, he plays her love interest because she's the one who has the affair. Spoiler right. alert. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Like, that was the hot and heavy movie, right? Yeah, he like totally eats her face in yeah. that one. <laughs> he does. He totally eats her face. Yeah. yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So it's like an SMK sandwich she's in. <laughs> You're welcome so for that. When, when did that movie air? Um, in the 90s, early 90s. I'm curious who the production team was for it. Oh, I don't know. She got to pick her co-stars. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so the guy from The Mole is, he's got a really long name, I think. Um, he's married to, he's Mr. Judith Light. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I kind of wondered, I was like, I wonder if she's all right with him just eating Kate's face like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's filmed in Toronto, Canada. Yeah, a lot of those um, during that time that she was in were filmed in, in uh, Canada. Hmm. You know, a lot are in Vancouver over here on the West Coast, but... It seems like a long way to fly for her to go all the way over there, but... So the last two are characters um, very near and dear to SMK fans' hearts. The first one is, this is the first episode where we see Ephraim Demon. So Joseph Brutzman is in this one. And um, I don't even know where to start with him. He looks so young. I know. (laughs) He's like a baby. baby. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's see. He was... What, 27, I guess? He looks younger. Yeah, he does. 
Yeah, he looks totally younger. He went to Juilliard. He is um, a producer. He's a director. Man has done every, pretty much everything you can do in the production side of television. Hmm. Um, he's very kind, too. He is the sweetest person. Like, he's the sweetest quote-unquote celebrity I think I've ever met. Mm-hmm. He's um, very, very humble and very sweet. Yes. The um, the show that he has on right now is Beach Hunters that he's a producer for. Oh, I watched um, that. And Log Cabin Living. Oh, I don't watch that one, but I do watch the, uh, the beach one. Beach Hunters. On HGTV. He's a uh, producer on both of those two shows. He's written. He's produced. He's directed. He has done pretty much all of it. Yes, we love him. Um, That's the first one. The second one is Evan Rose Smith, who played Red Mob. Who is, um, he was born in 1949, San Diego. A couple of really popular movies that he was in. The Big Easy, um, Turner and Hooch. Television shows. He was in episode of Twilight Zone. Episode of Murphy Brown. He was in TJ Hooker. He was in Portlandia for quite a few episodes in Portlandia. I think four he must have um, been up here a long time because he was in Portlandia and Grimm, which is another Portland series. Yeah. And Labyrinth, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all filmed in. I wonder why I didn't run into him. <laughs> Come on. I don't think I'd even recognize him if I saw him on the street. You he might. He's different. Well, yeah, I might. <laughs> if you saw him, if you saw him... Yeah. In those shows, I would have, yeah. If you if you'd seen him in the television shows, you yeah. would have. He does look a lot different than he did in SMK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's the end of the guest stars. All right. That was quite a few. Amanda is recruited by the agency's founder in order to prove he is not a double agent working for the Russians. In the process, she's got to spy on her partner, which does not go over well. Luckily, he'll follow her blind through a blizzard at midnight. Cute. Aww. <laughs> okay, so we have a shooting final script, and it's dated August 15th, 1985, and we'll be discussing some of the very interesting things that, thank goodness, weren't filmed, right. but they are in, in print, so we'll have to <laughs> talk about them. So this episode opens, ironically, just like the one we just are posting right now, mm-hmm. uh, which we posted uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, today is Wednesday. It was on Tuesday, and it was Life of the Party, and it opens with the beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous uh, Jefferson Memorial. Same At shot, night. though. At night, mm-hmm. yes. Very important. Mm-hmm. At night, and it's gorgeous. Uh, but apparently, we're at we're at the State Department, and there's ComSec clearance past this point uh, with a big red buttons everywhere. And I love Kevin Nealon, and it opens with him on there. It's so funny because you don't expect you know that funny guy to be. <laughs> this in a serious role like yeah and and, and as a security guard and it's just so funny yeah. well this is what 10 years before he was on Saturday Night Live <laughs> is it that is it that many years before really I, it was quite a few oh I didn't realize I thought he was in like in the around this time like Mm-mm. it was I think it was I think it was a few years but I think it was I think it was almost t- like 10 years like he was okay. on in the 90s Okay. 
Let's look and see. Before I before I'm wrong and Kevin Nealon. These are probably his first roles. Yeah. These little roles. So oh well, you know what? No, he yeah, eighty six to ninety five. So this isn't that. This is only like a year before. Yeah, that's only a year off. Yeah, I was thinking it was way more than that. Mm -mm. That's cool. Yeah, he looks so much younger. (laughs) And then we and then we get to see Art Hindle before he marries Kate and sidelets of adultery and gets cheated on. (laughs) It does have a happy ending though um spoiler alert (laughs) so we see his badge and it says harry v thornton but he doesn't seem like he's uh really harry v thornton Mm -hmm. they the show must like hawaii because that's the second mention in the past few episodes so we just did relative situation and the guy had the hawaii tickets in his pocket remember Uh, ballard Ballard. thank you Mm -hmm. yeah and he and now who doesn't want to go to hawaii i know we were there two years ago right now I keep getting pictures in my uh, feed, and I'm like, <laughs> um, I'm holding out. We're going in December again. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! You go like every year. But, but for I them, it's, it's like we're going somewhere so good every year. Yeah, but we're going to the Big Island this time. We're going to Hawaii proper, the lava. The the big the Big Island. Oh, that's nice. Oh, good. That'll be fun. This imposter of Harry V. Thornton. But we don't know it's an imposter yet. Yeah. Okay. We don't. We don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it is. <laughs> and he seems so confident in his suit and handsome. He's just walking right in. Yep. He you know, just seems doing... cool, complex. We don't know what's going to happen at this point. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> Again, if you have not watched the show before. Then what are you doing listening to what, this? Why are you listening? <laughs> <laughs> so, so he, I mean, it's the whole thing. I mean, he's got the strap to his briefcase and his wrist. Um, and he goes in and he deliberately went to a file and pulled it out, uh, pulled out a letter and took it with him. Yeah. I mean, so it looks like he's looking for something specific, but you don't know that he's there for something nefarious until he throws that like firecracker. Right. In. The and incinerary. Like, hey, he probably shouldn't be there. <laughs> it's magnesium. Ah! <laughs> probably not. Probably a bad But he thing. looks like right at the camera as he's about to, like, I feel like he's like looking at me when he does it. When he leaves, when he goes to exit. What is it with you two with thinking people are looking at them? No, they're just like looking and I'm like, stop. Just do your thing and be an actor. Don't look at the camera. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Let's just take a minute and recall the filing cabinet days. Yes. We don't really have any more. Yes. Well, we... Uh, That's the kind of a thing of the past. We still have filing cabinets in HR. Yeah. (laughs) Not that kind. Everything's electronic now. I have gone paperless. All of my paper is recycled after I scan it in. Mm, yeah, our office is trying to do that, but it's almost impossible. I'm a small business. I can do it. <laughs> yeah, we we can't. <laughs> um. So, yes, he left the little present behind and takes off. And then... It's like he's going on a little stroll with his briefcase. Yeah, well, it's not going anywhere without him. True. That's for sure. So then he hightails it out of there, and then all of a sudden you see flames shooting out of the filing cabinet, which is something you don't want to see coming out of a filing cabinet. No. No. <laughs> and uh, and then you hear people yelling fire, and so they're obviously trying to, to put it out. Um, and then we're in a, an apartment building, and Lee has a trench coat <laughs> with a very high collar. Like, yeah. is he hiding a hickey or? Yeah, what would be the purpose? He looks ridiculous. In this episode, 
you can tell this is the like one of the first ones coming back from like hiatus because he is tan AF. Like, Bruce? yeah, he's super tan. <laughs> And and you can see it in a little a little while. Mm-hmm. He's like super tan. You're like, dang, he's gotten some sun, you know, oh, over that. the summer he's kind of thing. Hawaii, <laughs> yeah, he's the one who went to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he uh, definitely looks sun kissed. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, and we are at uh, the supposed Harry V. Thornton's apartment at this point, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not. They're calling him something completely different. They're calling him Larry. Mm-hmm. That does not look like Harry. (laughs) And uh, it's Billy, Melrose, and Lee. uh, And they are there. And it doesn't look like they're enjoying themselves. Lee says something to the effect of, uh, why couldn't we find somebody else to do this? Like somebody that likes him. And and Billy was like, nobody likes him. (laughs) So you can tell there's no love lost uh, on this guy at all. And uh, he's being scooched. Mm -hmm. And apparently that's uh, getting uh, fired in uh, agency terms. And so they're, they've canceled his, his clearance, his security has been stripped and they're, they're taking his badge from him and he is no longer in the spy business as Billy tells him. Yeah. And he reminds him that his oath of secrecy is still binding. Sucks to be you, dude. Yep. Shouldn't go around throwing little smoke bombs in filing cabinets and maybe that wouldn't happen to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh my gosh. And then we go to Amanda's house. Well, he wasn't terminated oh. because of that, right? No, no. He Billy said that he, no, no, I'm just saying he's one of those types of guys that yeah. goes around and does that. He's obviously up to no good. Sure. No, he, they said he, um, Billy said that he was on probation for six months and he hasn't improved at all. Okay. That's a long probation. Yeah. Like when I do a PIP, a performance improvement plan, they're on it for like a month. And if you don't yeah, come off of it, see ya. Yeah. yeah. The government takes a while. Yeah. It takes it's a long time. It takes obviously. a long time to fire somebody with the U.S. government. Documentation, documentation. <laughs> so now we're at Amanda's house, and they're obviously watching like a very 80s, uh, like Jane Fonda type workout. And. You know what? Daddy's pants match her son up to Lula suit. Oh, it totally is. <laughs> I love Daddy sit-ups. I know. She's like, she kind of does a half sit-up and then pushes herself off the ground. Hashtag same. (laughs) Another little, like, porcelain. It looks like a, is it a dog? Yeah, it looks like a dog. Like a dog parrot. That looks like a parrot head. (laughs) It looks like a dog. It's got a dog snout. Weird. That's a terrible place to put that. Yeah. Before the hard floor on the last step. And it's white to blend in with everything yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, Kate's, though, she's she's just doing those sit-ups. I couldn't do those now. I <laughs> forget about it. I got too he many says, fat rolls. He says beep beep for, oh, like, beep boop or something. Yeah, he says yes. beep beep beep. Yeah, <laughs> the kids are, the kids are cute. They're in cute, they're rare. They're, they're in their cute form. Uh, they have little uh, green mustaches. <laughs> green milk mustache yeah something about green milk just doesn't make me feel like i'd want to have any of that we always wanted to put food coloring in everything when we were kids and my mom would get so mad stay away from food coloring you're banned it spills it stains everything yeah so they're having fun and they're pretending like they're martians it's super cute and they're just watching their mom and their grandmother uh Mm -hmm. exercise well their mom exercise in the 80s, I totally had a sweatshirt just like Dottie's. Oh. Except it was not that color purple. It was like a blue. Ooh, cute. Lexi was already talking I how much she liked really it. I like that sweater. I, I didn't. I the purple. The blue was not as flattering. But I like the purple. 
Yeah, I think it's super cute. I'm not a crew. I'm not. A, I'm not a crew neck person. I Love don't like crew necks. Crew neck yeah, those '80s fashions are coming back around. There you go. Yeah, yeah apparently. Lula Road just came out with a one jumper type thing that's awful. I was like, Yeah, I that's so. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like a one piece oh. jumper. Yeah, that's so good. So not a British jumper, not a sweater. Like a like a jumpsuit. A jumper, like a jumpsuit. Yeah. Oh. Jumpsuit straight out of one of the bad clothing days. No. It's awful. No. It's awful. The Amanda says she actually interacts a little bit more with them. She's like, "What is that supposed to be?" And Jamie and Philip exchange a few words of gibberish, and Jamie with accent, "Martians like green milk." And Amanda says, "Ah, today we're on Mars." Uh, and then they chatter. Well, if the Martians use up my food coloring, they're going to be—they're going to buy me some more. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't put that in though. That was cute. Yeah. Oh no, they did say it. I don't remember her saying it. I think they did. Oh yeah. no, she. Oh, sorry. So Amanda says they're going to be in big trouble, and yeah. she says in the script she says they're going to be buying me some more. Mm-hmm. Then we have Alexi's neighbor. Apparently, her neighbor does this stuff, and it's, it's creepy. But yeah, like, ew, he's looking in their window while they're working out. Yeah. Like, that is creepy. Yeah, boundaries, dude. Yeah. Boundaries. You probably get the police called on you in this game. Yeah, as as well he should. Yeah. Ugh. And he's just so smarmy. I don't know. I just, I do not find his, this character, uh, I don't understand why they added him. I, I it don't. It wasn't necessary. They have a lot more interesting People that they could have brought on for longer term, such as Mr. Bran. Um, <laughs> example number one. Speaking of creepy guys. Oh, oh. not creepy. I'm he sorry. It was he, cute. You know, I can't get it. I was just teasing. I'm teasing. I just was yeah. doing that for yeah. fun. Good job. <laughs> Great job. And that's that on that. <laughs> now I've hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. I, I just think that you're wrong. You know, you can stew there. You're no, right. I was. I I gave you your due. I said that he's grown on. On me i was totally teasing it was just you put it right across home it's plate like for me he's a bella or something or bella whatever i, I didn't find bella that off-putting like you did where did you guys stand on bella i can't remember were you creeped out by him yeah not really but okay i mean it takes a lot to kind of creep me out yeah me too kind of I, we like... we grew up in the 90s so we've been creeped out a lot <laughs> so it doesn't it takes a lot more now yeah yeah, I think so. But yeah, you had a definite like version. Yeah, that's what I thought. But Lexi did not like him. She was she 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 thought he was a bad dude. Yeah, yeah. Which I didn't. I found him very innocent and um, somewhat charming. You're, I think you're right, though. I totally think it's generational. Because yeah, we did. There was less ba- like less boundaries when we were kids and growing up. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, sadly, yeah. And you had creepers like this looking in your window. I had a guy do that to me once when I was getting changed. He he was he was like sixteen and I was like fourteen, and he was like looking in my window, little creeper. Oh my god! Yeah, my dad caught him. Oh my god, my dad was pissed. That's awesome that your dad caught him. Yeah, my and my dad's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "I didn't do anything. I was changing. I didn't know what he was that he was there, you know." gosh yeah it was did he go after him he (laughs) shoot him home you know he was cute but still ew (laughs) consent yeah right (laughs) consent 
let me know next time. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. I love the little shot they have of Amanda and Dottie like, who is this guy? I don't like Dottie's hair yeah. short. It's like, did you not learn from Kate's right. bad mishap in season two? It's almost the same. Probably didn't have a choice. Oh, why? What do you mean? Because her hair was probably fried at the end. So oh, you, so you think hers went, died the same, same way? The yeah, same fate? Same situation. Um, okay, so I do want to mention, so in the script, it's very clearly uh, spelled out that Frank Buck's t- um, character name is McConnell, okay? It's very clear in there. It's McConnell. He comes in, he introduces himself as McConnell, and then Amanda introduces him to Dottie and mention- and, and uh, refers to him as Mr. O'Connell, okay? So... I wanted to just point out how much clout Kate has that she says it in here as O'Connell. So she mistakenly says O'Connell. And not only (laughs) did they leave it as O'Connell, they changed it in the credits of the episode. (laughs) They changed it on IMDb. They have it changed anywhere you would look for this. It's O'Connell. So except she's, for except for the script <laughs> and the, even the guy saying his name. So he got his name changed just because Kate liked O'Connell better. <laughs> so you know you got pull when you can do that kind of stuff. Wasn't it in the TV guide as O'Connell too? Yeah, that's what I mean. Everything, it, in everywhere you look, it's O'Connell. But in the it's script, McConnell. it's McConnell. And he even and comes he in, it's McConnell. And then from there on, it's O'Connell. Like he changed his name. Like, well, Kate wants it to be O'Connell. So I've changed my name to O'Connell right. now. <laughs> it was probably just also her having it right. You know what I mean? No, so in the script. Her having the right name. No, in the script, it's written as McConnell. So the writer know, said it as McConnell. It, but when she said it, she changed it, right? She said O'Connell. Oh, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. so she's got that much clout that she's like, <laughs> they can change everything mm-hmm. to make it so she's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she's a star. Right, that's what I'm saying. That's some power. In the episode, he's kind of dancing around asking, asking about if they'd seen, seen the power company. And they're like, no. And then he hands off uh, a letter that he signed for. So hairy. Oh, he's really... <laughs> he's so gross and then he's what he says about oh this came for you this morning but uh you were still in the rack so i signed for it like uh ew i i don't i don't know it just seems very intimate for somebody you've never even met before just kind of military isn't it yeah yeah it's just it's very strange but then in the script he's like Apparently, the unmuffled roar of a gasoline motor starts off screen. Rock and roll booms from exterior speakers next door. Buck, no problem. Portable generator. At least they get the hot tub going. They can get the hot tub going and crank up some tunes. Come on over and get wet. Amanda says, it's 50 degrees. He goes, that's why I'm going to whip up some punch. Secret recipe. Winks. Holds out envelope. This came earlier. You were still on the rack, so I signed for it. She's like, thank you. He goes, hey, what's a neighbor for? He exits. Amanda opens the envelope and frowns, examines a calling card inside. Like, ew. (laughs) I would never go near that hot tub. Yes. Even if I would just had a tetanus shot. (laughs) Yeah. Ugh. Gross. 
mean, it used to also be clean from the previous owners. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cold, maybe. But... <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. He, he's slimy. So she's like, well, you could stay stay here and wait. And she's kind of like, please say no. Please say no. The tiniest little calling card. <laughs> so the calling card uh, says, come see me, Zulu Blue, which means answer without hesitation. So now we see the imposter uh, meeting with who we now, because we've watched this 80 times, know is Gregory, a Russian, mm-hmm. who's extremely tall. Just so. He's six foot six inches. Mm-hmm. He's huge. Yes, he is, Mr. Cromwell. Yes, he's, he's great, though. Intimidating. Oh, yeah. Yep. He, I, I do I like him in this. character, like, with authority. Like a Nazi uniform or something? You scare me to death. Well, anybody in a Nazi uniform <laughs> would scare me, Jen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, any scary uniform. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so now uh, Amanda goes to this apartment building, which we've seen a million times. Uh, it is on the ranch lot. It's just down the road from Amanda's house. Yeah. And uh, we get to finally meet Harry V. Thornton, the real Harry V. Thornton. Mm-hmm. And he's got quite a few uh, plants that he's tending to. Yes. And he's got the cutest kitty. Mm-hmm. We all, we're all kitty people. Yeah. All four of us are. Yes, I love Mm-hmm. I I, th- I love how through Harry we get to hear some insight of what Lee thinks of Amanda. Something complimentary. Yeah, and it's so cute, and it's unfiltered, and it's sweet. And yeah. he's like, "You're every bit as pretty as Lee said you were." Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Aw, he said she was pretty." You know, it's like that's so sweet. And, she, and then, but she actually plays it off really well. She's, you know, uh, I guess she plays it off somewhat well. <laughs> You can tell she's feeling uncomfortable. He's like, uh, I founded the agency. And she's like, I I don't know what you're talking about, sir. (laughs) He's like, here's my ID. That's a chill cat. Oh, I know. He's so cute. The orange cats are the best. That's what we always have is orange cats. And they're awesome. Highly recommend orange cats to anybody. Do you like gray ones? We've had gray ones. I love all cats. We've always had um, really big personalities with orange cats. They just are always so fun. But unless the cat knows these people, like my cat would do this with us, but if like they didn't know these people and it's like seen, yeah. they'd be laying there like that. Yeah, because later on he picks them up and walks out yeah. with them outside. And, like, and... That was so freaking cute. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's cute. Um, so it's respond without question is Zulu blue. I like the, the camaraderie between Amanda and Harry is just very genuine. It feels like, uh, like a dad, like a, a dad, a father figure to her a little bit. It's uh, very sweet. Mm -hmm. He kind of like takes her under his wing already, you know, so quickly after just meeting her. And then she's like, you know, very open and talking to him. And then he goes, uh, I want you to spy on Lee. And she's like, I think I better be going. (laughs) The wrong thing to say. He's like, I mean him no harm. He's kind of like my own boy. <laughs> That's sweet. So he wants her to be his eyes and ears at the agency. Mm-hmm. And uh, he explains about the fire that the, that uh, to his secret papers at the uh, State Department. And uh, he's like, there's a letter there from Ike. And the cat's name is Ike. He's like, he goes, the general, not the, <laughs> not the cat. <laughs> it's so funny. 
So he tells her a lot of stuff. He's like, it's a, a presidential pardon to him um, that he works for the Russians. And she's like, wait, what? <laughs> and he goes, I'm a triple agent, which I didn't even know until this show. I didn't even know that was even possible. Yeah. Like to be, you're an agent, then you're a double agent, meaning you're working for the other side. And then, oh, no, but really I'm working for the other, you know, for the good guys. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I know. I didn't know that either. Like, yeah. The agent, the, the third one is that you're gathering information on the other agency for yeah. your agency. Thinking that they think you're a double <laughs> yeah. agent. Like, what? My my brain's just twisted. <laughs> and to do it for so many years, too. Yes. Like, crazy. So somebody found out about the letter and took it. And he's like, we got to get it back. And he needs her help. But he doesn't want to pull anybody in that he's hired. Because if he comes into question, then all those people are going to be in question. Right. Namely, Lee. And obviously the agencies would have a a huge uh, uproar because he's the one who started the agency. So Mm -hmm. then what happens to that? So he's smart. It's, It's smart not to just go to like somebody you would trust. You know, and have known for so many years. Yeah. You know, yep. he goes to somebody he doesn't know, but that he knows is trusted by one of his biggest supporters, which yep. is pretty smart. Mm-hmm. He's a smart feller, mm-hmm. but he wants to tr- to prove that he's not a turncoat. You think he would have had more um, evidence than just that one letter, though? Yeah. <laughs> right. Make a copy. Make copies, dude. <laughs> like something. <laughs> we do learn that uh, Lee was hired in 1973 best year ever uh and he he wants to utilize amanda because she's not really an agent but she has access to the agency um so she's like the the best person for the job uh and then he pulls out the big guns he's like lee says you have uh good instincts he's he said he'd follow you blind through a blizzard at midnight and she's like oh he didn't say that and he's like yes he did (laughs) sure he did Oh, that's so cute. She's, you know, she was kind of like preening mm-hmm. at that point. Oh, it's a different lady. Or she changed her outfit in front of yeah. the agency. Could be. Yeah. So now we're back at the agency and Amanda's like transfixed on the um, painting of Harry mm-hmm. that just miraculously appeared. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she was about to ask Mrs. Marston who it was. Then Billy and Lee came out of the closet. And so uh, they were on their way up to the Q Bureau, which was Larry Crawford's old office. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's a pit. Yep. Because he was a horrible, horrible employee. And they asked her if she would be willing to help out, uh, get it organized. I like how she grabs his arm and it's like points. Hey, do you know that? He's like, he goes, why all of a sudden interest? She's like, not sudden interest, just wondering. And he's like, yeah, I know him. He hired me. So we finally get to see the Q Bureau, which we learn to to love and adore in the next two seasons. Yep. And it is a far cry from what it is when we see it in a few episodes. Mm-hmm. It's a pit. Well, you can't let a slacker work up in, like, the Q Bureau. I mean, you just be, like, sleeping up there all day and no one's watching him. Exactly. downstairs in front of everybody. He needs structure. Exactly. <laughs> we're doing a, we're doing his pip right now. He needs structure. He needs to have check-ins and deadlines. Mm-hmm. Eyes on him. See how tan he looks? He looks really tan there. I love this. He's like, Billy thinks he's going to give me this. He goes, uh, now I know why they issue us those cyanide pills. If you make me do this, I'll, I'll take mine. <laughs> he goes, 
favorite. I know. And then Billy goes, feel free. <laughs> he, I think he's, <laughs> I think he know he's got his number, you know, <laughs> Billy goes, if he lives, please help him out. Get this organized. She's like, yes, sir. <laughs> so he's telling him this is important too, is um, Billy tells him to head over to state, but they threw a blanket over it. So he's going to have to come up with something pretty good to get in there. And so, cause he, they need to investigate, but they're not going to be able to get very far. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so then Lee follows him out because he's like, you're not sticking me with this place. You know, I've already got enough work. I don't need to, to, to add to it with all this. So then he tells Amanda to, uh, start organizing things. Windows. Windows trump everything. Windows. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she runs over to his jacket and starts going through things. Mm-hmm. She's really taking the whole spying thing. Uh, yeah. Just doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> See how tan he looks? He looks normal to me. But... Oh, he looks super tan to me. He looks yummy. <laughs> so he tells her to lock the door, which she does right away. Yep. But that doesn't matter because Larry Crawford has a key. But the phone rings. But then it's like it's got some contraption on it. Mm-hmm. And it's recording it, but it's like swinging the call out. It's very strange. Why is he in the whole garb? I don't get that. The whole uniform goes along with his cover. For yeah, it just seems it makes him look like he's an authority figure, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably gets People away don't with question, it. Question him as much. Yeah, he's like, I'm Captain uh, Harry V. Thornton, and she's like, No, you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, uh, But I have Zulu Blue authorization, and it's like. Wait, that doesn't make sense because it's respond without question. So he's got respond without question authorization. Mm-hmm. That seems a little off. So he's like just thinking she doesn't yeah. see he's going to kiss her face <laughs> just yeah. like in the movie. <laughs> well, her husband doesn't. It's the other guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, he kisses her too. But, but yeah. Like face, no, he doesn't like eat her face. Guy. No, he doesn't eat her face. Yeah. Um, but, uh, she pushes the alarm button that she just learned where it was. Thank goodness. Yep. And, uh, he does a really cool, uh, well, the leap. stunt double, they like, yeah. Zoom in oh yeah. The stunt double, it's like, that's not the same guy. No. <laughs> and I love this. <laughs> Mrs. Marston. Yep. She's like, halt. And then yep. just <laughs> closes her eyes. Yes. <laughs> Why is she closing her eyes? <laughs> she, well that thing's probably got a kick it probably kicked her to kingdom come man and she just lays that out all over and it sprays all over the walls and then lee and amanda are up at the top staircase and and she looks up and they look down and like he goes did you get him and she kind of looks like nope <laughs> oh, that's so funny so mrs marston is actually in billy's office for the first time and only time ever is it really the only time yeah she doesn't come back up there she, or down there. She's not allowed anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Miss Zebra. Yeah. She looks like she killed three zebras to, to put that dress and together. And she's still wearing her safari helmet. Nice. In this episode. <laughs> Lexi said she still has her helmet on. Yeah, her safari her, helmet. Yeah, her hair. <laughs> her little hunting excursion. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Now, Amanda gets a little snippy with Francine here because uh, Francine's saying that um, the ID was was real. And Amanda's like, well, this is the man who was upstairs. This is uh, Larry Crawford, only he was in a naval uniform and he had the uh, the phony ID. 
Well, how could you tell it was a phony ID? No way. Francine, I know what Harry V. Thornton looks like. I've seen his portrait upstairs in the Georgetown foyer. Oh, that's just fine and dandy, but that man's ID is every bit as real as the one that I'm wearing and the one that you're wearing. That's I mean, absurd. This is crazy. It was Crawford, not Thornton. Excuse me. So now we get to meet Mr. Brutzman. He looks so, so squirrely and so young. Look at him. Look at those. He's like mostly ears. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. I'm certain you're all familiar with Ephraim Beeman from the fabrication shop. All right, Beeman. What do you have to do with this? Mr. Crawford sent me a TTO requisition last month for a full legend as this man Thornton. ID, drivers, credit, voters, the whole works. He gave me the particulars. It's a perfectly good ID, standard. How long have you been with us? Two years. Two years. And you don't know the name of Harry V. Thornton. And you didn't check the security web for actives? In fabrication, we don't question our agent requests. We're here to help you. If you sent me a TTO for a legend as Santa Claus, I'd make it. And it would fool Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yeah, but this whole argument's a little strange because you have to use some common sense and applying an ID. You're not just going to... Yeah. I don't, it's just kind of a weird, weird point to make. <laughs> he, he I think it's real, but... He's yeah. a plebeian. He follows orders. If someone in authority tells him to make an ID, he doesn't question it. Right. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I support just, just it doesn't bring him in to make the point that he made a good ID. Well, duh. But the point is, Amanda knew that wasn't him. So right. It's, it's pointless. I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, I agree. So now Lee's got his box from his desk down in the bullpen. So now he's he's obviously uh, resolved to the fact that he is going to be now be the head of the Q Bureau. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like how they're talking just out in the hallway. And then Billy sees Amanda come out and he kind of pushes Lee over to the corner. Like, let's talk over here. Like, he doesn't want her to over here. But the whole everybody walking by can hear. Lee's thinking that Harry's not really involved, that he just took an obscure active clearance and, and just used it. Billy's concerned that Lee is too close to this because of his relationship with with Harry. Mm-hmm. And he's telling him that he's not. He doesn't think that Harry's even involved in it. And Billy's like, hey, at 3 a.m., Crawford set the fire at the at state using Thornton's name. And then he checked himself in an hour later here for the first time, first and last time. So wait a minute. No, he's saying he checked in here for the last time as himself. So Right, but he's saying an hour later. So if he left set the fire at 3 a.m., that means it was 4 a.m. So Amanda was in that office at 4 a.m.? No, he checked him in. Uh, Crawford checked himself oh, in as himself. as himself. Okay, yeah, got it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. for the last time. For the last time. Okay, so, and then he came back just recently. Yes. Okay. So, All he, right. so they're saying he hid something. Yeah, and now he wants to come back and right. get it. Yes. Got it. I'm I'm all there. It's been a long day. <laughs> and Amanda's coming around like peeking through. Couldn't she, be more obvious. <laughs> she's not a good spy at this point yet. And uh, Billy's like, hey, you want to change your mind about the cure? He's like, yeah. <laughs> it's suddenly becoming a very interesting place. How does he know? So he has back to mm-hmm. Amanda the whole time, but he knows as soon as <laughs> Billy leaves, he, he's like, Amanda. And she's like, oh, <laughs> just minding my own business. Basically meeting you here. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> She's just on her cell phone conducting some business. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, uh, I don't buy it one bit. He's like, could you take this stuff up to the cube room? It's better. It's desk clutter. Mm-hmm. She's like, sure. Where are you going? Go state. That fire that Crawford said is the key to this thing. The sooner I figure it out, the sooner I, we can get him. She's like, right. I bet it's a doozy. It's probably better than mine. He's like, what? 
That's so manipulative and so clever. Yep. She's like, oh, well, you know, I had an idea. I'm sure yours is way better than mine. Mm -hmm. He's like, well, what do you got? Yeah. Because, you know, he didn't even think of anything. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's right. He did say that. He goes, what's your idea? She's like, well, let's, I'll tell you later on the way there. (laughs) She just throws her badge at Mrs. Marston. Did you not see the woman just shoot up the place, Amanda? Mm -hmm. Don't make her mad. That's from the intro. Ugh. Anybody like caviar? I've never had Mm, it, but I don't think I'd try it. Well, this Russian apparently does. (laughs) Not unless there's a lot of vodka involved. Vodka, yes. So I had a theory that because Mel is so short and and, uh, James Cromwell is so tall that I bet they had him sitting, Cromwell sitting just for that reason that it would be so, what, such a juxtaposition... If they were standing next to each yeah, other. It would have been... probably be hard to get them on screen. Oh, my God. If totally... Yeah. What, you'd have to have it really far, far away. Yeah. Or Billy would have to stand oh, on, like, an oh, egg oh. carton. Or, I mean, like, an egg... Cr- or, like, you know, box six, crate, six. whatever. Uh, yeah, soapbox yeah. or something. Yeah. He's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah, 6'6". Six, six. And then Mel's got to be... Mel's got to be, like, 5'4", maybe. Really? 5'5". Five, five. Yeah, be- he's short. Because the, uh, Kate is way taller than him. When oh yeah. Tom Cruise was with an actor that was super tall. They had to put him on a box so that they could put him on the screen in the same frame. It's not crazy. I, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I guess he is short. Mel and Bruce are already a, a a lot different, and then you put in another four inches on top of that. Like, holy cow, that's crazy. Gregory apparently sent for Billy. He's one of his contacts, which is interesting. Like, why would a Russian agent be contact of of Billy's, but he is. It's like a fishing expedition, if you ask me. To see what the other one knows. Yeah, what they know about it. That's what I think. So Billy says, how does the name Harry V. Thornton grab you? He's like, good. We both know how to read drums. It's why we get along. I hear the venerable Mr. Thornton has rejoined the game, huh? He goes, not true. However, I did just kick Larry Crawford out of the game. Although I'll be damned if I know what game we're playing. <laughs> and Gregory's like, the same one. Only we we may have entered a period of sudden death. Nothing that went before matters. One point wins all, you understand. He's always like, he's always playing chess. Mm-hmm. You know, even in the future episode of uh, Wrong Number, he he's always like, it's always like a game of uh, cat and mouse with them, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And Billy's like, I told you I didn't know the game. I can also tell you that Harry V. Thornton isn't supposed to be in it. And then Gregory's like, well, then you have told me a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, Well. so now we're back at Harry's apartment and he just happens to be looking out the window, sees Larry Crawford ride up on his motorcycle. So he knows something bad's coming. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is what he says. Yeah. Move your cat buns. Yeah, move your kitty buns. Move your kitty buns. I gotta get in here. (laughs) I love that. I mean... You know he's like a cat person. He's got to yep. be. Yep. That's so That's cute. So, and look at that little fat cat belly. Oh. Look at that. I just want to I know. I just want to kiss wanna... it. It's so cute. He kind of looks like um Oliver, our kitty Oliver a little bit. You um, know, with that big furry belly like that. Maybe, but. I... He's a little more long haired. Yeah, he's definitely long haired. But the orange, the color is right. He's cute. Move your kitty buns. <laughs> <laughs> So he gets his binoculars out. That's what he needed the bunny, the buns moved for. <laughs> and uh, he can tell that uh, 
troubles a brewing. Mm-hmm. So he's heading out. And I love how he just takes the cat and doesn't even put him in the carry. He just takes yeah. him and then just walks on the street <laughs> like, let's just go, kitty. Yeah. My cats would be all like, what What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Where are we going? Yeah. Mine would not like that. Yeah, mine either. Well, the one wouldn't let, let me even pick him up. Mm-hmm. The other one I could just wear as a scarf. But So he puts a geranium out on the window because when Amanda was there, he had already given her the clue that if you see a potted plant on the on the ledge, mm-hmm. steer clear because there's trouble. Yeah. So, which is a bit of foreshadowing, Look of course. That kitty is so cute. It is and so he just, calm. He just gives him a little kiss. That tail. Look at it. Flew. He did give him a nice little kiss, yeah. didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he, he meowed. Mm-hmm. That's a good cat. That is a good cat. Mm-hmm. So now Larry Crawford. He's still alive, by the way, that cat. Like, no doubt. Like, he's just like, okay. living the retired life. We are going to live. We are going to go on with he's that. Just yes. living the retired life. That's yes. Who's that cat on the guest stars list? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we didn't mention Ike. <laughs> he's so cute. You know, he looked like the cat Morris from... Um, Meow mix. Remember that one? Yeah. Don't reckon. I know. Oh, I don't remember there being a specific cat. Yeah, Morris. Morris the cat. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it is Morris. Maybe he jumped over from his cat commercials. Maybe. It could be. He's very tame. Yeah. Give me some meow mix and I'll do it. I love um, when Lee and Amanda like play covers. They always play off of each other. So it's so cute. Yep. Like he's like the, you know, very studious with his glasses, round Harry Potter looking glasses. <laughs> and he's like um, throwing out like, well, that's a 660-1, uh, you know, kind of thing. And the poor security guard's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, what is a double? He goes, $800. Oh, sorry, eight, eight, $1,800. He's like, no way. He goes, I'm afraid the fire laws are very clear. And she goes, although perhaps misapplied in this case, Mr. Essex. May I call you Bob? And he goes, my name's Lester, ma'am. <laughs> and she calls him Bob again later. <laughs> they're so cute. You got a beef? You go see George Schultz. So I like how they do this, though. So they're very specific. They're like... Well, in the case of an accidental fire, they just want him to admit, like, it's not an accident. Right. And ex- give him some some information. Yeah. And what, and what was it that, how they did it, mm-hmm. you know? So they're pulling all the information that they could. It's a class C interrogation. Right. Right? <laughs> I love. And you understand. Mm-hmm. She's like, we have to make a judgment about negligence. You understand. He goes, this is flipping. This is the flipping State Department. She's like, oh, dear. He's gonna be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. And he's like, What makes you think it's an accident? He goes, Well, it says cause unknown. <laughs> Those glasses are hideous. Mm-hmm. It's because the folks upstairs haven't put out an official statement. Standard hold up. She's like, Security blackout. He goes, Just nothing official to nobody. He goes, Okay, strictly unofficial. How did the fire start? And if it wasn't an accident, <laughs> arson. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. So he used magnesium, just like Jen said. Mm-hmm. I'm a scientist. He's, and then this is great, too. He's like, what's in these drawers? If it's chemicals. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no, it's just papers, mm-hmm. files, letters. It's all been there for years. She goes, Mr. Essex, Bob. <laughs> Even though his name's Lester. <laughs> 
So then she flashes him a very young picture of Art Hindle. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, that was him. He was posing as an NSC duty officer. He's like, that's National Security Council, ma'am. Mm-hmm. She's like, yes, we know. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, he said they found the real duty officer tied up in the radiator uh, to the radiator. So this is where he got the actual uh, uniform then, obviously. Yeah. Huh? So now they pull up to what supposedly outside the agency, which it's clearly not. It's in mm-hmm. California, obviously. And he's like, okay, you can go back and do the filing like a good little woman. <laughs> he does that. I added. Um, she's like, well, why don't we just stick together? We did so well. He's like, nope. He's, he's totally on to her. He goes, it's, this is personal. She goes, come on. You know how anxious you are to catch Crawford. He's like, I don't have to explain my every move to you. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, of course not. I'll just wait in the car. <laughs> no you won't yes i will you never wait in the car and you know that he goes besides you've been sneaking around sticking to me like lou lately and she's like what he's like is there anything you want to tell me she's like no and he's like uh-huh okay fine i'll see you later i like that little uh exchange between the two it was adorable where he's like you don't you never wait in the car <laughs> and he goes and don't follow me i mean it she goes follow you even know why you would say that <laughs> he's like uh-huh and she's like okay bye and then hurries up <laughs> like how do you think he's not gonna see her in that station wagon yeah. and she just leaves her car with windows down doors unlocked mm-hmm. that's my old car that car that just went by that mm-hmm. red mustang cute different color mine was more burgundy but so he gets out uh in right in front of uh harry's building and doesn't even see the the signal that Harry's left, and uh, he just walks blindly into uh, his apartment. Amanda pulls up pretty quickly right after, and she sees it. Details, Lexi. Yep. It's all about details. Women, right? Rule the world on details and who runs the world? Squirrels. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Larry hears somebody at the door, and Lee walks right in. No, no gun pulled or anything. Yep. Sees all the mess there and doesn't pull out his gun. I don't understand that, but. And he's about, Larry's about to shoot Lee. And then Amanda grabs the baseball that was in Lee's desk clutter and chucks a good old ball right through the window. That's a lot of work to get that ball to this point in the scene. Right. His desk clutter, it goes with them to investigate the state par- department, and then she drives over here with it. <laughs> Can anyone name the other episode that has Lee's baseball in it? Uh, <laughs> Ladies, you disappoint me. It's Was the it? one at the, okay, it goes back. Uh, she gets poisoned or drugged. Yep. Come on now. Come on, you can do it. I'm getting old too. <laughs> You're older than me. <laughs> this is this is. Yes. Yep. What's it called? Why can't I think of it? <laughs> Are you a little delirious? Oh yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it, Jim. Delirious on arrival. She puts it in her purse. Yep, yep. She goes, oh, is it signed? He goes, yeah, yeah, it's really, you know, it's an heirloom. She goes, you've been keeping it in my purse again. <laughs> remember? DOA. You don't remember that? No. You're the young one. You're supposed to remember that. No. I haven't watched it many times since you guys have. That's where my brain is 
Yeah. yeah. No, but you got it. You you knew what it was. See, I'm trying to give you some trivia. Yeah. Larry knocks Lee over the head with uh, one of the empty drawers and puts him down for the count for a minute and then gives him enough time to get away on his motorcycle. And then Amanda also gets away before Lee, which is weird because she wouldn't even go in and check to make sure he was okay. She obviously heard the gunshot. Right. Isn't that weird? It is a little strange, but yeah. I guess she didn't want to get caught. Yeah. <laughs> She'd rather him get yeah. bleed to death. She did her part in trying to warn him. And it's his own needs, fault. Right. Now she's got to save her own skin. <laughs> Jen, I'm out. <laughs> Mike, drop. <laughs> I did my thing. <laughs> Francine, Frank, and Amanda are up in the Q Bureau trying to clean things up. They've done a, a miraculous job already. Yep. And... Um, Francine's getting ticked off at Amanda because she's trying to clean and Francine's trying to set the grid to make sure they're, you know, categorizing everything where and what they found. She's even like, there's food containers. She's <laughs> miscellaneous food containers they have to keep track of. So Francine tells her they need to figure out what, what the last thing he worked on was. And then Amanda's like, hmm, <laughs> logical thinking. She's like, have you ever lost an earring? She's like, what? She's not getting the Amanda logic at all. And she's like, you know, you come in, your ear's pinching, and you should take it and put it in your jewelry box, but you don't. You you just sit down, you think you'll rest for a minute, and then you put it somewhere it's going to be safe. So then she reaches over, opens the drawer, and puts it there. And Francine's looking at her like, okay, whatever. And she opens the drawer back up and then pulls out a file, and it's Atkins Chemical, which does seem to mean anything to any of them, but... Uh, It does play a part here coming up, of course. Nothing happens for nothing around here. Francine's like, whatever, you weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) And the phone rings with that weird contraption going again, that recording. And it's Gregory over the phone. And he's saying Kalinsky. And then you hear like garble. See how tan he looks? No. He looks normal. I think he looks super tan. Hmm. He has the nicest hands, I swear to God. Yeah, maybe. He just looks extra yeah, tan. He does look old. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you that. Somebody thinks so. <laughs> Lee's obviously ticked. You can tell he's very perturbed. And he sends Francine and Frank home, whoever the hell Frank's back of his head is. That's all we saw. He's probably a crew member, you know? Mm-hmm. He sends them home and tells Amanda, hey, let me walk you to your car. It's getting late. She's like, okay. You can tell he's fuming. Yeah. And so they leave and he's walking to her car. He, you could just tell his body language, his hands are behind his back. And he's like, you followed me, didn't you? No. No? No. Mm-hmm. Not me? Followed you? No. Yeah, I thought so. Whenever you don't want to lie to me, Amanda King, you just repeat my question. You followed me and you saw Crawford come in after me or something like that, right? Oh. Uh-huh. Recognize this? Oh. Baseball. Yeah, it's my Harmon Killebrew. Signed. Okay, I followed you. Hi there. Saw something move in the window, and so I gave it my best pitch. Uh-huh. I told you not to follow me as plain as I know how, Amanda. Do not follow me, but no, you had to do it. I want to know why. Well, it's a lucky thing I did. You could have gotten Don't change the subject. I want an answer now. Okay. I didn't follow you. I followed my instincts. Oh, you Look, don't be angry with me because you didn't catch Larry Crawford. Okay. Would it help if I say I'm sorry? No. 
Amanda, it's just that sometimes I wish I could just go and get good and steamed. But every time you do something to make me mad, you turn around and do something to make me grateful. So, I'll see you tomorrow. What were you looking for? It doesn't matter. He wasn't there. He isn't anywhere. In the script, she's like, I'm sorry, but I had a hunch you'd need my help. I saw something in the window... That was my best pitch, a spitball. I haven't been coaching the Peewees five years for nothing. <laughs> so cute. Mm-hmm. The boys would have been way older than Peewees, though, right? Yeah. that's. I'm sure the writer probably just didn't yeah. realize that. Knew she was a mom with two small boys. <laughs> hmm You can tell he's really mad, but even more so, he's mad because he can't be mad at her because she did something nice for him and saved him. So it's funny. She looks pretty in this, and I think it's just the we're so we've been so tarnished by the short hair. Everything looks so much, but yeah. she looks nice and pretty and soft, she you does. know. Yeah, that's I did think her so makeup hard. this whole episode is just like perfect. Yeah, it's very yes. natural yes. and yep. soft. Yeah, yeah, it's very pretty. And there's a lot of close ups in this one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pro- thank you. Probably. What did she say? She said it's probably because she's tan, too. Oh. I said, yes. <laughs> So she asks, you know, she's like, what were you looking for? And he goes, it doesn't matter. He wasn't there. He isn't anywhere. So he's definitely looking for Harry. And she feels really bad for him because she can tell that he's worried about him. For somebody who doesn't let people in, he sure has a lot of close friends, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. So Amanda is at home and it's late and she calls who she thinks is Harry, but Lee answers. So now we're getting kind of an idea of what's going on with that swing out on that phone. Yeah. And he's getting feedback, and she's like, Lee, what are you doing there? He's like, what? She goes, I'll call you. I'll talk to you in the morning. It's like, what? So then that kind of leads him on to figuring out what this whole thing is. He looks skinny there, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Another Jefferson Memorial shot in the daytime, though. Okay, I know I I know the, the style and the pattern isn't great, but I love her in this bright red. It's very refreshing to see her in a bright color yeah a dark solid yeah Mm -hmm. although i do like her in the pinks and the whites i know you don't but i do um but the red is very striking on her it's not that i don't i just would like some variety some variety yeah Mm -hmm. i'm not a big fan of that blue leather coat nope could do without okay okay how sneaky is she though she goes right over to billy's office door and pretty Mm -hmm. much camps out and then pretends like she's on the phone to listen Mm mm-hmm I mean, wow. I mean, I guess when Harry V. Thornton gives you an assignment. I guess. But she doesn't even, I mean, she knows it's him, but like, how does she know it's him? You know what I mean? Like, she's never been introduced to him. She's very trusting. Yeah. Like, if uh, if he wasn't who he said he was, this could have gone very bad. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I mean. Yeah, Yeah. it could have gone really bad. Mm -hmm. She could be in stockade. Yeah. (laughs) Lee's filling in Billy. He's like, I was at records. Every single file of Harry's is gone. 24 years worth it's like he was he was never the director at all well they're all gone he's like how do you explain that and Amanda is just totally listening and then he asks him have you ever heard of Kalinsky and he's like no and he says it's a code name 30 years old but active and Crawford knew about it and he had he he's figured out that he's got Harry's phone tapped and it's ringing into the Q Bureau Mm -hmm. Uh, Larry's the last one to check for that Kalinsky code name and it needs permission only from one person mm-hmm. Harry V. Thornton dun, dun, dun. thank you <laughs> 
Billy wants to put trackers on Harry so they, they can find him. And Lee's telling him, don't do that. Not, you know, on that old guy, you know, don't do that. And then uh, a lady comes back to her desk, mm-hmm. must be Billy's admin. And, uh, and, and she's like, oh, thank you, mother. Like she's uh, having yeah. a conversation with her mom. Mm-hmm. Thanks for letting me uh, use your phone to uh, totally spy on these <laughs> uh, two people here. Yeah. Lee's saying he wants to go get some shut-eye and breakfast, but you know he's not. He's going to go follow poor Amanda. She's yeah. unassuming, uh, doesn't know that uh, she's being followed by one of the best. <laughs> and uh, she gets to her her car and finds... A note that says, come see me and a map. Why would she do this? Why would she? Why would she do it? <laughs> She's been with the agency for too long to take a chance like that. Okay, here's a better question for you, Lexi. Okay, why would he, Harry, leave that on her windshield where anybody could find it and then go find him? Great question. How are we saying that he was in DC, right near the agency, or had now? somebody leave it for? Her? He still shared his location with whoever yep. that person was. Yep. It's not like it was in an envelope. Exactly. And what was she thinking? messed up right so there's no way to get in touch with him unless he did right that. but he can't just leave he the, sent his calling card via courier that had to sign and someone had to sign for it why would he leave a map to his location when he's in hiding on the windshield of where anybody car, could see it unsecured I, yeah sometimes the simplest solution is the best <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is a little bit far-fetched unbelievable she should know better (laughs) so she takes off and as soon as she does a little silver corvette takes out uh, off right after her he's on her tail but throws that thing into reverse (laughs) yeah well she knows no one's going to be coming (laughs) they've blocked blocked off that street for her (laughs) such a conspicuous car i mean i know well just like he would see hers too yeah so now they're in the woods, and I think this is on the um, the lot, the um, the WB lot, hmm. isn't it, Miranda? I was I was wondering where that was. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I thought it was like uh, it's not. I don't know if it's. I think it's the one that's still there. That was by that pond. That was on the one side of the pond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that is. Um, but Harry's filling in everything. And oh my gosh, the cat is so cute. Oh, he's an angel. Look at him just basking. In some... Look at those paws. I just I want know. to kiss those little toe beans. So cute. <laughs> toe <Kitty>. beans. <laughs> I had a cat that looked just like him. His name uh, was uh, Bailey. He was the sweetest. Look at that little face. Those he little whiskers. Like that. Oh my goodness. He's so cute. Oh, all the cats. Alright. <laughs> so the cute little cat and um Harry's totally filling in Amanda on the whole story. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to them, Lee's out there with a microphone. Unbeknownst to Amanda. Harry knows. Uh, no, but that he, Harry knows that Lee's out oh, there. Yeah. But yeah. he doesn't that Lee's out there listening, mm-hmm. like has one of those mic things that's pulling in all the information and he's hearing everything. Yeah. Um, but maybe he knows. I'm sure he does. That's a great shot of her. Mm-hmm. Great shot. And he's explaining that the Russians call him the dancing weasel. Mm-hmm. And then he explains that the Russians gave him that, that hide. I guess that's what you call it, right? Yep. And uh, it's the Siberian weasel. And they get up on their hind legs and they sniff the air and it looks like they're dancing. And that's why they call it the dancing weasel. But they're really hard to catch. Did you know that there's paintbrushes made out of the Kalinsky hair? Really? Like the best paintbrushes are the male... 
Linsky weasel hair. Oh my wow. gosh, I did not know that. What an obscure yeah. bit of knowledge, Jen. Where did you learn this? <laughs> I don't actually. I don't In her Kalinsky class, <laughs> Kalinsky one hundred and one. I don't. I, I mean, I think somebody was looking for brushes at one point, and then I remembered it after this episode. Oh but my god, that's I'm hilarious. Artist, so my daughter though, took an art class at one point. So yeah. Oh, I was thinking but, like a house paint. <laughs> no, it's like, oh, no, I was thinking like art paint. Yeah, I didn't yeah, realize. That'd be okay. hysterical. You'd have to like. You'd have to kill like. I know, like thirty of them. They got like a full paintbrush. Poor things. No, no. I need a five-inch. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) All those Kalinskis. Not the Kalinskis. Oh, that's interesting. I never heard of that. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So Amanda's saying it's, you know, it's amazing that he could be a triple agent for 30 years and, you know, no one catches on to it. He he wants to make sure that nobody hears this next part. So he t- cranks up the music so that anybody listening wouldn't be able to hear him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, do you trust me? She's like, I trust the look on Lee's face when he thought you were in trouble. So you can tell they're starting to get closer in this uh, in this season, we're definitely seeing some leaps and bounds in the relationship, I think. Sure. Or maybe it's foreshadowing for those leaps and bounds. There's love in the air. Yes. So he's telling Amanda he's got to find that letter. Uh, it's his only way out. And uh, she's like, maybe you should ask him. And he's like, I got to go. I have to keep up my image and uh, see if he can stay uh, free for a little bit longer. And he, I love how he grabs the cat again. Yeah priorities man. yeah and he's gonna take him with them i love that man on the run with his cat yep. he goes uh wait about uh wait a bit and then call for lee she, uh, she goes i don't think he followed me he goes of course you wouldn't i trained him <laughs> he's not as bad as you are at following amanda i love how he calls her honey just keep looking for that letter honey i don't you don't i think it's sweet it's not in a creepy condescending way I just don't like You that. are so jaded for being so young. You're so mm-hmm. jaded already. It's funny. The, okay, so I totally adore Zach Levi. And apparently somebody got offended because he called somebody honey the other day. Oh, I so love him. He he is so sweet. And in person, he he does, he does says he says sweetie and honey all the time. But he doesn't say it like to just one person. He says it to everyone. Like there was this whole big Twitter thing about how they were upset that he was calling them, calling, he called somebody honey or something like that. But I was like, but he didn't mean it wrong. He meant it in a nice way. <laughs> That's too bad. Okay. okay, so we don't like him calling her honey. I like it. I think it's sweet. I think he, I see him as a father figure to her. I don't see it as something being condescending or sexist or anything like that. Is that how you were coming, how you felt it was? Um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, just you just like don't like it, it anyway. Like it's, it's it's very it's a very familiar like nickname when they haven't really known each other that long. Okay, fair but point. For her, I'm sure it doesn't bother her. I yeah, mean, anyone could call her that and she wouldn't care. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amanda, not Kate. Kate would probably be like, "Uh, so who are you I calling, know. honey, honey?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then he tells her, "You got to find that letter before he does," and she's like, "Yeah, you know, no pressure, man." And then he gives her a kiss on the forehead. You yes. hate that too. No, I hate it. I oh hate my gosh. For, when people kiss foreheads. 
that is like the grossest. Like don't don't ever do that ever. Or oh I my gosh! You in the throat. I <laughs> Lane gives me a kiss in the forehead and he does it really hard. So it like goes like this and then he lets go and I love that. No, you don't like that. Don't it's interesting. Forehead. Okay. Well, I won't. I wouldn't. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. Thank you uh, for... I was going to, but now I'm not. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah. No, definitely not now. No. no. What about kissing on the cheek like they do like in Europe? Don't like that. That's fine. Yep. No problem. <laughs> the air kiss or actual kiss on the cheek? Um, Air kiss. Air kiss. Yeah. Well, now I know when I see Lexi next, I gotta give her a big kiss on the forehead. Oh, hell yeah. I'm doing that in the morning. In the throat, then, I'm going to do that in the morning when I see her tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> now that I know it's going to bug her. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> so, Mr. Blue Leather Jacket's coming out of the woods now. And uh, she's like, Lee. And then she's like, aw, you really did follow me. <laughs> I suck at this. <laughs> Uh, and then we hear s- tires screeching and then uh, somebody blown through a garage door and it's Harry. And then he's always got to throw her down the ground. He, he, he took the brunt. He yeah, he, yeah, he took mm-hmm. the brunt. Yeah. That. Was that really her doing that? Let's let's go back, can we? Let's rewind the tape. Go to the tape. I don't think so. You don't? Let's see. Uh, initial impact, no, but then right after, yes. Okay, let's see. That's my guess. Because she looks too chunky, like... <laughs> that can't be kate she's too thin let's see that looked like her yeah it looked like her i i don't think it was from the long shot it wasn't but the short shot was where he pulls her down so he maybe he was just how they did it, you pause it where yeah standing in the road and the motorcycles yeah that's down, definitely not her. Like her right it's right. definitely not her and that's not her right there but, then right but that is there. yeah that's definitely her yep yep oh my <laughs> i know yeah that's that is a horrible shot. <laughs> Do not still pause this. Yes. <laughs> just the whole, We're you know, like, like stepping through it right yeah. now. It does not look good uh, screen by screen. Yeah. <laughs> not a very flattering picture. Mm-hmm. So Harry is being chased now by uh, Crawford. Mm-hmm. And then Crawford gets, uh, they play chicken and Crawford lost. And then Harry takes off. But by the time Lee gets up and goes after Crawford, he's already gone through um, out the woods, but left his motorcycle. Yep, wheel still spinning. Wheel still spinning. <laughs> and then Amanda gets up. I do like how in the next scene, Amanda's rubbing her elbow like she's still smarting from falling. Yeah, that's kind of you know, Good nice little yeah, little continuation there. Lee's like, "Well, you were spying on me." She goes, "I was spying on everybody." He goes, "You were spying on me." I know. How does it feel now, buddy? Mm-hmm. Remember when you ransacked her house? <laughs> and he's like, uh, she's telling him, you know, that Harry didn't want him involved because he didn't want him to, you know, fall, take the fall for it, you know, um, uh, fall because of him. Mm-hmm. He's like a triple agent for 30 years. She goes, that's right. And a pardon given in advance by Eisenhower to prove it. She goes, yep, locked away in the State Department vault. He goes, now we know what Crawford was doing. I guess the guy saw his career on the skids and wanted a new one with the other side. The only way to get it was to destroy the agency. So now we're back at Atkins Chemical and um, Crawford's got his tail between his legs and he's trying to give back the 50000 to uh, Gregory. And Gregory's like, sorry, dude, you're going to die. Yep. <laughs> huh. He's like, I put it in my office for safekeeping. He goes, pity you can't get a hold of the fabled letter. And... Uh, he goes, worst of all, I can't tell which one of you is lying. So, like, they're both, like, lost causes now for him. Mm-hmm. So how did Gregory find out that um, he's a triple agent? Because 
Crawford came to him and said, hey, I've got this letter that proves the that Harry Thornton's a, tri- you know, a triple. No, I thought that Gregory put him up to going to, like, find yeah. the proof. How did, how did Gregory know that he was a triple agent? Or how did Crawford know that he was a triple agent? Well, because, so what they said was that Crawford was doing surveillance on Gregory. And then caught Gregory meeting with Harry Thornton. Mm -hmm. So then he caught him on, that's how he has those pictures, right? And he caught them on uh, having those conversations. And then he must have found, I don't know how he found the letter because it was, you know, stashed away. I don't know. How would he know to go to look for, because he, he, you said it, I think in the beginning, like he knew exactly where he was going and what Mm -hmm. he was looking for. Right. So was that ever explained? No, I don't think so. Because... But that's how he got on to uh, Harry playing both sides. Because he was Because he was trying to get with Gregory because he saw the writing on the wall. I got to get out of here. I'm going to try and go to the other side because I'm screwed now. You know, I'm going to, you know, you know when you're about to be fired. You know what I mean? So you start scrambling. Harry's retired and maybe he's beat with Gregory kind of like Billy Melrose was. But that would lead you to, to know that he's a triple agent. There's a letter in. Yeah, that's I don't know. They don't really explain that. I'm not sure how that how they how he knows about the letter. Mm-hmm. Like if he just stumbled upon it, that's one thing. Right. If like he was doing something and then found it and was like, what? It's a huge. Yeah. To hope to stumble upon yeah. Something. Because how else would he know? Because it was only the only people that knew was Ike, uh, you know, Eisenhower and and Harry. Mm hmm. So how would he have found out otherwise? I don't know. That's a big, huge loophole. Right. I don't know. Plot hole. Fix it. Was there something in the script about it? No. Also, I thought Harry has been retired for 10 years. He has. Yeah. yeah. So he was still talking with Gregory? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was recent. So it may not be unusual for him to do that. That's why Crawford must have jumped a whole lot of conclusions. Unless he had some very specific information. Mm-hmm. So many Maybe unanswered questions. Oh, there was a whole scene in the script that didn't get filmed. You know, when she calls Harry what she thinks is Harry, but it goes to the Cubrio. She's like, Lee, what are you doing there? And he says, I work here late as it happens. Hold it. I'm getting feedback. She goes, you work there? Where are you? And just then a terrible crash sounds from outside Amanda's house. The one note of a stuck car horn continuing off screen. And Lee says, what's that, Amanda? And Amanda says, there's been an accident or something. I'll see you tomorrow. They hang up. Lee shakes his head with bewilderment. Jamie and Philip lead Dottie down the stairs and crowd the window. Amanda takes her overcoat off the rack. Dottie, the blooming thals are are at it again. She's locked herself in the car. Jamie, not the blooming thals this time. Philip says, it's Buck. Amanda says, stay inside. I'll go see. Buck's 1979 yellow Fleetwood uh, convertible is sideways in Amanda's yard against her fence. Top down, headlights aimed crazily skyward. Buck is slumped over the wheel. Amanda comes out, sees his condition, runs to the car. Amanda says, Mr. McConnell, are you hurt? Amanda puts a hand gingerly to his head and Buck turns, focuses and sits back. The horn stops. Buck, why do people honk like that? It's so rude. And Amanda says, do you know where you are? And he says, no, but it's sure cold. I'm numb and the heater is in this thing is is all the way up. And Amanda says, but the top is all the way down. It's nearly freezing and you're wearing your bathing suit. She opens the door, slide over and let me drive. 
on Buck's driveway. Amanda steers the caddy into Buck's drive. Buck says, I took all those great kids out for pizza and beer about noon. Seems a long time ago. And Amanda says, it was. It's after midnight. And Buck says, I've blown it now. I wanted to make sure, uh, make such a great impression with my new neighbors. Be so hip. All I did was plow up your dry, uh, plow up your lawn. And Amanda says, no, you've also knocked my fence over about 15 degrees. <laughs> this is so weird. And Buck says, you know, I try harder than anybody. Well, not everybody. 94%. That's an accurate figure. I'm very good with statistics. And Amanda getting angry. Then you should know drunk drivers kill 10,000 people a year. You just better go inside and be grateful you didn't hurt anybody. I ought to have you arrested. And Buck says, Fockber? F-O-C-B-I-R. She says, what? He goes, where I work. The Federal Office of Canals and Bridges Registrar. I plot statistical curves for them. I can tell you when a bridge is going to collapse right to the day. It's depressing. And Amanda says, you're an idiot. This is so weird. Yeah, it doesn't really fit. You're an idiot, opens his door. I'm taking the keys to your car, Mr. McConnell. Go inside and don't come out until morning. Go on. Amanda pushes him out his door and he shuffles toward his house. Amanda watches. And Amanda says, continuing, what a jerk. So weird. Very strange. I'm glad they took that out. That was very odd. But it doesn't, I do not see anything in here that gives any understanding of how Crawford got onto that letter. Doesn't make any sense. Very strange. Mm-hmm. At this point, Crawford's gonna willing to do anything. He mm-hmm. doesn't want to get killed, mm-hmm. obviously. And he can't come up with a letter because he can't get back into the agency. They'll, uh, Marston eventually won't miss. Right. And... Uh, Gregory says, okay, I'll tell you what, even though I hate losing a good source, Thornton might be a triple agent. Uh, if you can kill him and blame it on the eight, on the Americans, we'll call it even. And so that's what he's going to do. So now Lee and Amanda are back at the Q bureau. This is what I was talking about. She starts rubbing her elbow, mm-hmm. like, you know, she, when she fell. Yeah. So he's giving her, um, backstory and how, um, Harry came up with, uh, starting the agency but then they get to the cube room and they hear somebody in there and this is where we get to meet rag mop yep he's a hoot and of course he's carrying a rag mop <laughs> and he's like i suppose you didn't hear the big news she's like hello rag mop he goes hello mrs king hear about the intrusion she's like yes i did he goes that crazy marston broad downstairs put 32 slugs in the wall <laughs> what a weirdo. that's so funny that's a lot a 32 <laughs> Well, it probably only took her two seconds to do it with that gun. <laughs> so Lee thinks to ask Ragmop, of course, um, if he uh, ever remembered any of uh, moving Harry's files. And he's like, oh, yeah, one night we moved hundreds of boxes over to the State Department vault. He goes, Mr. Crawford asked me the same thing last month. And he's like, oh, here we go. So they now know how he got onto that. But how did he go right into that drawer? Oh, he knew. We'll have to look. I'm pretty sure that the file name was probably Kalinsky, and he probably found it under Kalinsky. So he found out. He found out what his code the name. code name, and then that's and then he went to the file under Kalinsky, and then that's when he found the letter. I betcha. Oh, but the letter's under Dancy Weasel. Now it is. He filed it. <laughs> you just spoiled it. He Jen. He Jen. He filed it. No, he. 
he filed it under he filed it under um, the Dancing Weasel once he got back to the office. But he went to the Kalinsky file and found that in the Harry's files. Harry's files. Mm-hmm. Well, why wouldn't he just take it at that point instead of getting it all the way to the, um, the state offices and you have to go break in? Wait, so. say what now? <laughs> okay, are you saying that when he was in the Cuber, he found the letter? In no, the no, no, no. No, I'm saying Lee earlier told billy that crawford accessed the kalinsky code name okay so somehow he got the kalinsky uh code name okay he was on to that and found out that it was issued to harry v thornton okay then he went to the state department where he knew harry's documents because of ragmop knew where all his documents were over at the state department right well, then he goes to the Kalinsky file and opens up the Kalinsky file. And what's right on top? The letter pardoning him from Ike. Maybe. It just seems like Gregory sent him there to get the letter. Like, Gregory knew about it. Oh, I, I didn't get... I mean, I think that's an assumption. I I don't yeah. think that's, that's you know, necessarily what they led you to believe. Well, the scene at Atkins Chemical, that's what they were talking about. He's like, I... I commissioned you like fifty thousand dollars to go to get this letter out of the State Department. That's what that's what Gregory says. I don't know. They don't really show what. <laughs> but we could extrapolate that he was looking for a file labeled Kalinsky. Yes. Okay. I'm yes. good with that. Extrapolate away. Okay. It is in the the oh. private. It was just the private. It was just the private. Letter. Yeah, the private files. But it's, it had to have been under Kalinsky for them to find it, you know? For him to find it that quickly. Yeah. yeah. And then right on top, obviously. That's the only, I mean, it's the only thing I can think of. There's, it's the most plausible of the information that we were given. Yep. You'd think he'd just spend a little more time perusing the file. But yeah. It seems like he just knew what he was looking for, but who knows? It's probably not that important. <laughs> to the plot, you know. Yeah, yeah. I love how uh, Ragmop's like, He's a fine man, of course. He is from the older generation. Mm-hmm. He's like so offended that they're kicking him out of the <laughs> Q Bureau. <laughs> All right. So Crawford found the letter by searching Harry's private files and then used Harry's clearance to go get the file. And then he started calling. Uh, Lee picks up the phone and starts calling Harry's number. And he's like, the one you called last night. And then it rings back. So he explained to Amanda that they had to swing out. So that any calls would be filtered through to um, go away from, it wouldn't come through the switchboard. It would just come right into that office. Mm-hmm. So Lee's explaining to her how the, how the, all those calls that he's tracked have come in and it's just Gregory and Kalinsky. Um, so Gregory and, and uh, Harry, he's like, you know, let's look in the file cabinet and the vault for file on Gregory. And then they happen to pull it out. And what do they have in there? But uh, pictures that, Crawford took from his surveillance and it's got a picture of a plant and he's like where's this and Amanda just happens to know because she found that first folder from Atkins Chemical mm-hmm. of course all coincidental so she explains it's Atkins Chemical and he rushes off to do it and but not before telling her not to follow him he goes no I mean it I'm not just saying it and of course she listens yes he's like finding that letter is worth 10 trips like this and he goes, and don't follow me. She's like, I, what? And he goes, where have I heard that before? <laughs> <laughs> so 
So he heads off to what he hopes is the two o'clock meet at Atkins Chemical, mm-hmm. which he's totally spot on, and that's where it is. But who gets there first is Larry Crawford, and he sets up to shoot poor Harry with his members-only jacket on. Yeah. I didn't realize how many men wore those things back in the day. Fashion statement. They are horrible. I hope my brothers never wore those. Mm-hmm. So Amanda's trying to think where the letter could be. And then she has an Amanda moment and goes to the cabinet and finds Dancing Weasel. Guess what's in there? Lexi, guess. I bet you can't guess. It is the letter. It is. She takes off without even her purse for once. Yeah. Find that tail in the Dancing Weasel. Yes. It's showing his tail. <laughs> there's no there's no um, actual car chases in this one like there is an almost every single a refreshing episode. Refreshing change of pace. Right? Mm-hmm. So Gregory and uh, Harry meet and he's telling him that I know you're a triple agent. I can't prove it, but now I can't trust you. I don't know for a fact. So you're going to die. And then he's like, well, are you going to do it? Like, when will it happen? You know, but Harry tries to tell him like Crawford doesn't know anything, but he he knows. He knows that, that Gregory can't take the chance that he could be a triple agent. So he's going to have to take him out. Yeah. But of course, Gregory doesn't get his hands dirty, so it won't be by him. Hurry up, Lee. He needs you. Gregory seems remorseful that he's got to take him out. It's like, he's like, we've done some great things in the past. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't want to lose his source, like he said. Yeah. And he doesn't have the confirmation, even though he can't take the chance. Right, he can take the chance. So Gregory goes to shake his hand, and uh, Lee sees uh, Crawford about to blow uh, Harry to kingdom come. And so he shouts out to him to uh, get him to move. And then Harry goes after Gregory, and Gregory gets caught. Something that he will be doing again in another future episode, getting caught. And then Amanda shows up with the letter, and poor Lee's about to get, oh, in the stomach. Gun in the stomach. When your bullets are out, start throwing your gun around. That yeah. seems to be what the, what the bad guys do. <laughs> poor thing. Oh, we got him with a right and a left. And steam? He doesn't even handcuff him. Like, he's knocked out cold, but I mean, can he, like, take off when he wakes up? Gregory's got his hands cuffed. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amanda comes running up and uh, she's like, I found it. And he's like, she goes, it was filed under dancing, dancing weasel, just like we should have thought. And he goes, no one would think that. That's pure instincts, Amanda. Is that a compliment you think? Oh, totally. What's the deal with Lee? He can't go down the few rest of the steps. He's got to like jump over the rail like a big stud muffin. <laughs> Did you guys see that? In front of his mentor. Yeah, he's got to show that. off a little. Spry. Like I'm still a young spry agent. Lee's like, I was worried about you. And uh, he goes, I was in good hands. And she's like, oh. And then we cut to them apparently going back to the cabin uh, that Harry's staying at. And uh, they open the back of her wagon. And um, they've got the picture that Mrs. Marston like tore up with her 32 slugs in the wall. Yeah. Those are the biggest pockets I've ever seen on the front of a shirt. On front of her shirt? Yeah. Yeah. They are big. Like they're they're they like, uh, they cover everything. Like it's her whole like boob. But you know what? It would button. probably cover like this. <laughs> they're not that. Oh come on! She's pretty, pretty it thin and. Shirt. <laughs> it could be a. She's never had a baby, Jen. <laughs> I had a lot of resting shirts. I had three kids. 
Oh, did you? I I it's no. I'm not going to even go there. I did not have that many. <laughs> um, so she's Amanda's like, "Are you sure we shouldn't have gotten this repaired first? And he's like, "Oh no, if I know Harry, he'll like it just the way it is with the big <laughs> bullet holes sticking out of yeah. it." Luckily, they didn't shoot the cat um any holes in the cat. Too true. In the script at the end, Amanda says, "I guess you're right. The dancing weasel showed them his tail again." <laughs> That's how it ends in the script. Okay. Interesting. What'd you guys think? I like that one. I think that one's cute. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah, I like um I like the little insight that we get from Lee without it really coming from Lee, so you know it's more authentic. You know what I mean? Like it's unfiltered. I sort of feel like it's like the cat out of the bag situation. Like now that Amanda has heard it, like he seems a little more flirty. Like Yeah. Like now the cat's out of the bag, I can say whatever I want, sort of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's cute. But I think it shows, too, that he just likes being partners with her. I mean, they're creative together. He took her to help get in the State Department. And- yeah. And I think it shows he's like, before, I think he would have been like, you know, she was just doing what Harry asked her to do. But the fact that he's like, you were spying on me. Like, you know, I trusted you. And oh, my gosh, like, why? How did I let this happen? You know, kind of thing. I think it's like surprising to him how much it hurts that she would do that to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think. Damn, you're spying on me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. It would be fun. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'd spy on him. <laughs> Sorry, that sounds oh, so creepy. You have to stay on your toes, Lee. <laughs> it's time for Dottie's Bookshelf, where we'll provide recommendations for fan fiction that tie into this week's episode. Our first recommendation... Uh, is a missing scene from tonight's episode, Tale of the Dancing Weasel, written by the Dragoness821 in August of 2016. It has about 1,800 words. This is a cute little addition to the tag. Uh, How did the conversation go with Harry when Lee and Amanda brought him the painting? You'll have to check this story out to find out. Our second recommendation is a Tale of the Dancing Weasel tagalog, written by Amber Stockton. Uh, This author has another take on the episode tag and how it should have gone. Be sure to check that one out as well. As always, we will link these stories on our website at mkcpodcast.com in the show notes. Ernie the Camera brings you the video vault for the tale of the dancing weasel. And this is where we find videos that are relevant to the episode we're talking about. And the first one we're going to talk about is the from the song Private Eyes by Hollow Notes with a video that was created by Lyric Girl 81. And Private Eyes is a classic kind of 80s song, but in this case, the fun part is I'm saying that it sort of flipped over on Lee. So maybe the song should be Private Eyes Watching Lee. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's one I wanted to bring up way back, you know, when she first discovers Lee as her private eye, but I wasn't able to, and now I get to do it in the context of Lee really kind of becoming a spy herself. So the second video highlights all of the supporting cast members. And one of the things I I really like about season three is that there's a lot of supporting cast development, I think more so than the other episodes. So in light of that, the song I I chose, or or I should say the video creator chose was You Raise Me Up by Joss Groban. And the video was created by Love S and K. I love that song. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it is a really pretty song. And the neat thing is, is, is it's 
all about those supporting cast members, I think, that, that primary cast group, but also some of the newer ones we're seeing here in season three. So I, I will see more of them. So that's good in season three. So these videos can be found on YouTube and provide links on our website at mkcpodcast.com. Thanks everyone for joining us for this episode of Mrs. King's Chronicles. If you want to participate in even more fun, be sure to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at NKC Podcast and in our private Facebook group, Mrs. King's Chronicles. For the group, if you want to join, just go ahead and request and answer the questions and we'll get you added quickly. Join us next time as we discuss the season three episode, Over the Limit. Thanks everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.